Urban exploration, UrbanX or Urbex for short, is a hobby in which the explorer ventures into abandoned places and structures and explore them, often with the intent to photograph or film them, documenting their final days before nature reclaims them. You're probably aware of that in recent years and it's gotten quite popular online through those channels and my buddy and I got into and it quickly became one of our favorite hobbies. We'd find ourselves driving hours and hours on end to spend as little as 40 minutes a dusty old building filled with rusty nails and as strange as it sounds, it was wonderful. I find tranquility amongst the darkness and the silence, and I enjoy playing a bit of a detective game, mentally reconstructing the building from the ruins that remain. Beyond this, I feel it pays a sort of respect to the past. The whole society may have rejected this building, but I'll still visit and enjoy it. I'll find wonder amongst its cracks and concrete and crumbling walls, and I'll think of the people that walked those halls, and what they meant to the world. I had the incredible fortune to be able to visit the crumbling ruins of Aerojack Dade, and when I thought about the fact that I was just walking where the man and woman figured out how to put our species on the moon, it took my breath away. In that moment, I was connected with my own personal slice of history, and I could feel my mind and my body relax as I dropped all of my daily life's woes to soak in. My friend and I did this for years, and I was truly passionate about it. I never stop. Orangid 33 Tucker had other ideas. Two days before the trip, I began a Google Maps hunt, which was one of the um, less advisable ways to pick a building to explore. Because you only have a satellite photo and sometimes street views, you can only glean so much. I don't recommend if you try this. It takes a lot of experience to tilt the odds in your favor before you cast those methodical die. Anyways, on the face of it, the whole thing seemed like a standard gig. We'd pre-dawn it, arrive at around 2 in the morning, and we'd be out before 6. Because a sleeping person cannot catch you trespassing. It probably wasn't necessary though. We weren't likely to run into any much trouble, but we'd been at it for years and pre-dawning had become a matter of muscle memory now. The structure itself offered three stories and appeared to have a basement as well. I took great interest in its horseshoe-shaped floor plan because it wrapped around an exterior courtyard in the back of the building. This matters because if we're spotted, it becomes an amazing place to hide. Its backside position uses the building itself as cover because anyone trying to smoke out a trespasser it's likely to check the building first. It's good to have a nice view of the whole thing. The big old building even had an extra bonus. Roof tiles. Specifically colored floor tiles on the roof. That meant roof access. 
My head was filled with excitement as I started pondering potential photos. There are a few homes on Tucker, but the closest was several hundred feet away and separated by a wooded area that would dampen any noises or lights we might have escaped our control. Let's see you try staying sneaky when you find an alligator in a rocket factory. Only seven hours out, we'll make it a weekend of it. On Saturday, we hit the highway, and aside from my tiny bladder, the trip was smooth. We beat Google Maps, predict the time about the nine minutes, and after killing the car, applying bug spray, and arming ourselves with flashlights, we loaded the cameras with fresh batteries and triple checked for any SD cards, and then put our boots to the concrete and began creeping down the thin, barely straight driveway to 433 Tucker. Here, absent mankind's constant pastoring, the forest had started to reclaim the territory that it rightfully deserves, and as far as the headlamp could show you, middle-aged trees leaned over at crooked angles, as if the forest itself were reaching out to consume this path, and whoever might be walking on it. I won't feed you the bullcrap. Moments like this scare the crap out of me. If it weren't for my buddy and I trying to out-crap talk each other on who was less afraid, I'm not sure if I could talk to myself into walking calmly down that path again. I simply endure these types of moments when they come along because at the end of them, there's something I love. I feel safe once I'm inside the building, so I just need to get there, right? Anyhow, we pressed on. And I ignored my rising heart rate. My buddy and I shot the usual crap, and after a couple of minutes of self-distraction, 433's overgrown stairs and rust orange hand nails made a guest appearance in my buddy's sweeping headlight, and we were on, eagerly waiting, touched down to the doorstep of my current mental and physical safe place. I skipped to the bottommost of the two stone steps and stopped on the pad, and immediately scanned the upper corners of the doorframe. I'll happily enter the spooky abandoned building in the woods, and after someone else removes the spiders, judge me, and I don't care. I should have known something was off when the frame was clean. Too many things were going well for my usual luck, but I didn't question it. I examined the door and my immediate surroundings, finding the door was slightly ajar, and six window sills were visible from the door, as expected, three on each side of the front face. Peering upward, I noticed a large and grave stone embedded into the brick above the door. As I was beaming it, my buddy caught up and we both stared in confusion at what appeared to be a large depiction of an eagle holding a handgun in its talons. There was some kind of foliage around it, like official seal of sorts, and as I was beginning to question the nature of the unanswered questions we now stood to confront, my buddy asked about a smoke and a water break. I snapped out of it and we moved down to the grass to open our bags. Because there might be lead asbestos or some other chemical horror, 
We prefer to avoid setting our bags, clothes, or equipment on surfaces within the structures we visit. I dug into the pocket and fumbled with the wind until I got a cigarette lit. And as I passed it to my buddy and took a bottle of water from his hand, he shot me a look. I couldn't quite place some motion, but I could tell it wasn't good. Crap if my social skills were never functional when I need them, but I digress. Knowing I was able to take a pee freely, I was able to really chug a drink for the first time in nearly seven hours. It felt so good too, I hadn't even realized how thirsty I'd been. About three minutes passed before we satated our thirst and our nicotine addictions. I snubbed out the end of my foot, and just as I thought I'd calm my nerves, I turned to enter 433 Tucker. From this far out, it was far more clear. Definitely an eagle, or at least a bird of prey. The surrounding plant wreath appeared to be wheat, and the bird held the handgun's side in both feet. After a few seconds, I noticed the gun had a small ribbon wrapped around the grip. I don't know enough about guns to tell you what kind it was, but I'm certain most people would call it a pistol or an handgun. I wasn't sure what to make of it, but the violent undertone it held made me feel unsafe. I decided the only way to figure out more was to enter the building. You know, my buddy wasn't offering more than uneasy eye contact, so I clenched my teeth, gripped my light, and walked in like some kind of idiot actor, playing a cheap cop, sweeping the room with my flashlight even though I couldn't do much with a knife if I revealed something unpleasant. Luckily, nothing came of it. We seemed to be in an empty lobby of sorts now. The remaining furniture was arranged around the dark desk that must have been permanently installed in the room, because if it weren't, the vandals would have overturned it by now. I had started to let my guard down now that we were within the walls. My buddy had completed his examination of the room already, and he pointed out a problem just as I started to notice it myself. Zero graffiti. Now my heart was already starting to bang on its cage. I scanned the room a third time, aiming down this time. Crap, the furniture was all upright, covered in a near-perfect layer of thick dust. Why hadn't the vandals been here yet? When you walk into a building and find it undisturbed, you usually walk out with a trespassing ticket. My pulse was rising and I was ripping through my memory, trying to figure out what I'd miss. This place had no trace online. I spent hours trawling for it. Where were the form goers reporting that they've been busted? There weren't any obvious lights or cameras on the way in. No evidence on the road was frequently traveled by security patrols. I knew we were busted, but... I couldn't figure out how. My bunny and I spun back towards the entrance in tandem, and each of us found one of the six windows I'd seen earlier, one of which we shined our lights. Having confirmed there wasn't a SWAT team waiting to arrest us, 
We turned back to the room. There were doorways that led to the other wings of the building, and we checked those. For homeless people, cops, drug addicts, and animals as well. 433 lay silent in the night, and I began to think my nerves were getting the better of me. I started to relax a bit and took a more level-headed view of the room. We'd come to appreciate the structure in the past, so if we weren't going to have some manner of trouble, we were ready to start talking in the details and photographing them. The large desk caught my attention again because I noticed it didn't have the typical center drawer. It had a large foot as well. And I started connecting the dots. This desk was made for a wheelchair user. Interesting. Aside from the water damage to the ceiling and the typical dust and dirt that drift in from outside, the building was remarkably pristine. All of the doors we tried were on their hinges and functional, handles and all. The two in the corner led to hallways that had hotel easy rooms on either side terminated in a spiral staircase. This was the only evident way to change floors, and since the stairs were in good condition, we decided to head to the roof and work downwards, starting with another smoke break. We didn't make it to that smoke break. As we turned around to ascend the second bit of the first floor stairway, we realized we were about to enter an entirely different world. The second floor was the polar opposite of the first, destroyed beyond all recognition. It confused my eyes at first, because I was looking at what appeared to be a sea of black pillars as far as the eye could see. Wood. Burnt wood. Someone had torched the place with such a high degree of accuracy that it defies the very nature of fire. Every single stud was charred evenly with the others, and they were all intact. Even the doorways could still be made out once you got your bearings. The door themselves were gone, and so too were any traces of furniture that once been there. The floor was covered in a near perfectly distributed layer of ash, and at least a couple inches thick and when we looked up we discovered the floor above us was identical as i stood there mouth slightly ajar i railed every brain cell i had to make sense of it but there wasn't any sense to be made the ceiling downstairs had typical water damage but there wasn't any evidence that such an all-consuming blaze had gone down just a foot and a half above it. I could see the colors on the roof on Google. How the heck did two floors burn below without discoloring them? I glanced at my friend, but he was as speechless and dumbfounded as I was, so I wasn't going to bother saying all the things I knew he was thinking to. Instead, I turned to head down the stairs, thrusting as he followed. He didn't 
so I stopped and called to him. You see that too? He's pointing his flashlight into the second floor, intently staring at something far enough away that he's leaning in to get a better look. Something survived, he says. I asked him what he meant as I joined him in lighting the thing with my hand held and headlamp. It took a second to focus my eyes, but there was an unusually smooth area in the front corner of the floor on the opposite end of us. It was a wall that was breaking up the odd, forest-like pattern the rest of the studs formed. A room was the thing that survived, but that didn't make any more sense than the rest of this did. Anything up here should have been torched. Now, I was more curious than afraid, and against my better judgment, I creeped up into the second half of the wing, hoping the torched floor was stable. It seemed so, but I took my time as I walked down the hall. It was eerily similar to the driveway we came in on, long, narrow, and surrounded by tree-like studs. At the end, I peered into the room and did an immediate double-take when I found it in equal condition with the bottom floor. It had a door, and though the outside had been trashed by fire, the inside was impossibly clean, even the hinges to work. The room itself was a small and identical to the couple we'd glanced into on the way up, save for a single detail. The back wall, at eye height and off-center, there was a single sheet of aged paper clinging to a pen on the drywall. There were several dozen other pinholes and a crude marking surrounded the bulletin board, probably drawn on with marker. A few empty pens remained, but other papers were now nowhere to be found. The paper that remained was an irrelevant newspaper clipping, and the bizarre nature of the whole scene nagged at me as we headed back downstairs. My heart fell into my stomach like a sack of potatoes when I smelt the smoke. The blaze was back on and this time it was downstairs. We turned ourselves in the exit. How the heck does a fire start itself after a day and a half of rain? No time for that. We ripped it down the hall towards the light and naturally the burn is centered on the doorway. I tried to check those six windows but the few remaining chairs and that big desk it started to catch fire and then the room had filled with too much smoke by that point. I was struggling to keep my eyes open or breathe and I reflexively backed down from the blaze, stepping back into the death trap of a hallway. I felt sick to my stomach and wanted to cry as the heat continued to rise. Before I kneeled over onto the fatal position and accepted my fate, I sprung an idea and grabbed my buddy's arm. All common sense and thought left me as I dragged him up the stairs. Catching on, he started running and we flew around the corner and over and over until we hit a door. In what might have been a stroke of luck, 
It worked as freshly well as the others despite the third floor being as burnt as the second. We stumbled onto the roof, coughing and out of breath, and I threw my hands over my ears and I struggled to hear my own thoughts over the sound of my thundering heart. I was absolutely freaking terrified now, and I did shed tears and as I realized my hope involved clashing with my fear of heights in a way that I could only result in pain. There wasn't much time to steal my nerves. I could see smoke leaking from the roof access door we'd just burned through. I locked my eyes with my friend and swallowed hard, and he set his eyes on the edge of the roof and scented. I was about to burn, so I yelled something idiotic to hype myself up and followed. And around 25 feet, and the one severely mangled ankle later, I was hobbling to the car in a hurry with one arm over my friend's shoulder. As we ran for our lives, I noticed the woods around us were dark, and cast one last look at 433 Tucker over my shoulder. The fire had gone out. I'll never understand what happened that morning, and me and my friend don't like talking about it much. I'm just glad we didn't burn to death. Okay, thank you guys for listening to this story for today. I hope you guys enjoyed it. This story was amazing, and thank you to the amazingly well-written story that was made by the Redditor John Wardley Peep. I appreciate you a lot for letting me narrate this story, and I hope you like the narration. Anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed this story once more. I'll see you guys in the next story. So don't forget to sit back, relax, and indulge in fear. Fear.